Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 99%. Gang's all back together. I've got Elliot. Hello, everybody. And Marilyn. Hey, guys. And if you are listening to this podcast, you are in for a treat because you can also watch this episode on YouTube. This is our very first video and audio combination of a podcast. Um, so sorry about that. If you're watching YouTube, um, you know, this is our faces. We were stuck with this one from birth. So <laughs> that's what you got. She was on my hair, put some makeup we did, on. Yeah, we did I not did, put on makeup. We did not. <laughs> I combed my beard for at least 10 seconds to get it ready. Uh, so we're good to go. Um, but the reason that you are looking at our faces is because they're not going to be on camera for very long. In Thank this God. episode, I know, right? We are going to cut to a bunch of swim video and we're going to kind of roll through looking at those videos. So again, if you're listening to this, you're going to only be able to hear half of it. We're going to try and do our best to articulate what we're looking at so you can hear what we're kind of rolling through. Um, but the reason for the video is because this podcast is going to be all about swim analysis and videoing your swim. So to get rolling, let's talk about like why people might be doing that this time of year. Elliot, let's give you, can you give us, why is it important? Can you give us some, some pros on videoing your swim stroke? So, well, I was, I was going to say one thing we were talking about before we started recording. If you get the chance to have somebody record this, I, I tell this to most of my athletes, we want multiple views. So, uh, viewpoints. So if you can get somebody to videotape you swimming towards the camera, swimming away from the camera, if we can get a horizontal view, uh, fingertips out in front, all the way to toes in the back, um, swimming on your right side, on your left side. And then if you're lucky enough, if we can get some underwater stuff, both fore and aft and underwater, um, that would be, I don't know how many viewpoints that is, but that's as many viewpoints as you possibly can. If you're looking for, uh, uh, an online, um, review. I think that's pretty important, but as to why you're doing that in the first place, whether this is the off season or the preseason, whatever you want to call it, most people are not doing their most intense training of the year. And that puts this time of year where you have a little bit more energy and, and mental energy to, to put into changing technique and changing technique takes a lot of, uh, mental focus. And so if you have a little lower training load, you can use a lot of that mental focus and actually try to make a neurological change in your swim stroke. Um, just how everybody has a normal stride to their walking gait. We all have our normal swimming stroke and it takes a lot of work to change that. So that's why we get some video and get some actual visual feedback. And then, uh, hopefully we can do something to change your stroke for the positive. Yeah. And just to add to that, I think people in general are pretty bad at like proprioception in the water. So you might think, you know, what you look like, but until you actually video yourself, you might look very different. Like, you know, you, you go for a run, you might be able to feel what your body's doing. You, you go for a ride, you kind of know where your head and where your shoulders are at. But once you get in the water, I think people kind of like lose a little bit of that, of that connection between what they're doing and what they actually like where their body actually is. So getting some video can really help help you see like what your body is actually doing. Um, Marilyn, you mentioned that there might be some cons to this. Yeah. So I think I totally agree is that well, one, like Elliot said that the different angles and the, that we're able to get is going to be really helpful. And, um, absolutely seeing yourself is different than hearing something a hundred times, right? Like if you can, someone can say, move your hand over here and you hear it over and over again, you think I am. And, and then you see it and you're like, oh, wow, I'm really not. So, so that's really great. And, um, the thing to, to watch out for when doing this, the first, if it's the first time you ever see yourself on video, or even if it's the hundredth time, is to be very careful not to look at a hundred different things. Go into it with the mindset of you're going to pick one, maybe two things that you're going to focus on and correct. And that's for the coaches out there too, that are doing swim analysis for their athletes. Really good if you're doing remote coaching as a, as a coach, you know, to get regular videos from your athletes in the water so that you, you're not seeing them on deck every week, you know, after every couple of weeks or maybe once a month, but certainly after every block, you want to, get some frequent swim video from them, give them one or two things to work on 
for a period of time or a block of time and then check in and get a video again. So it's that consistency of seeing it and being careful to say, you see yourself for the water in the first time or the coach sees the athlete for the first time and they get this laundry list of things to work on. And that's just going to be too much to actually make any positive corrections, right? So if we, if we look at it and we say, we just want to pick one thing here. The other part of that is to make sure that you point out the things that are going well. You know, let, let's make sure we say, hey, this you're doing really well. This looks really good. You know, those kinds of things. So those are the, the two main things I wanted to say before we even look at videos where I believe that your mindset should be before you even see yourself. Yeah, I think everyone thinks they can multitask, but it's like actually impossible. And so if you're trying to do that in the water, then you're just, your mind's going to explode. So one thing at a time. Ellie, you looked like you were ready to say something. No? Oh, no. Just the standard, like, sometimes when people are starting a set, I say, what are you focusing on? Um, and usually it's just, you just want that, that answer to be one thing, right? If you're focusing on more than one thing, maybe you can be aware of something else, but you can't really focus on it in terms of making a, an actual change. That's all. Awesome. So we're actually going to start with a video of me. So you can disregard the saying nice things for, for a few minutes and, and just get a little bit nitpicky. Oh my God. There's like 200 things that look like shit, man. What are you doing? How are you even in the pro race? God damn. I just want to say your beard that is good. That's just a compliment about your beard to start things off. Well, thanks for rolling with a compliment before we get to the swim. All right. Give me one second. I'm going to share my screen with you guys. All right, here we go. Screen is shared. This is uh, male model Jesse Vondercheck in the water or swimmer A. Here we go. Oh my gosh. That is gorgeous. So this would be a good oh, example of perhaps not easy to see. <laughs> You're going very fast forward. Dang. So what I do if it's like this is I usually just like kind of watch the uh, last few strokes into the wall where you can see it well. Yeah, and just yeah. really like go one frame at a time. That's yeah. too close to the wall, though, because your stroke changes as you set up for the turn. <laughs> Start like mid pool. Well, okay, next time when you come around. So the main thing to know as an athlete who's getting these videos ready for us as coaches is that obviously those views that are super far away are, you can see, everyone can see that for themselves. You can't see that much. So you want to get as much video in this last bit where it's close to the camera for us as possible. So we actually have something to, something to work with. <clears throat> yeah. Usually all I ever work, usually there's like a couple of good strokes you can kind of roll through. Yeah. Uh, that I, unless you're, unless you're walking side by side with someone like we'll see in a later video, but if you're just stagnant, then I think it's pretty hard to get more than a few strokes like this. So I'll be honest, one of the first things that I look for uh, with any athlete that I haven't seen swim live before, because we work, most of us work remotely. And the very first thing that I look for is uh, timing, timing of hand entry and kick to make sure that that's not off. Because if that's off, that can throw off a lot of things with balance and stroke and body position and everything. So like, that's the absolute first thing I look for. And you do that really well. Like you can see that that's... Um, you know, that timing is really good. Your balance in the water is really good. So again, remember I said, start out with the things that are good so that you can just cross those off your list and check those off your list. So those are the very initial things. When I look at a video I'm looking for is like, how's an athlete's balance in the water and what's their body position look like? Cause that's going to affect everything else. Right. Elliot, you. I agree. Um, I think one thing that this video does that highlights for somebody who's watching it is like, Yes, we can see a handful of strokes, um, and especially the underwater strokes that you're looking at that are really clear. Um, but because you don't get to see a huge overview of like toe to foot, it's hard to see that for off balance. And so then when we get to this underwater stuff, as you're going here, um, we get a pretty good thing, a pretty good view. But then I'm wondering, like, I can't really tell, like, how are your hips rotating with your shoulders and where's your body position? So we can see your head position. And in theory, it looks pretty decent right here as you come in. Um, but then what I can't see is how, what is that doing further down the line? Right. So then that just leaves me not really knowing. But what I could do if you bust it back like a second or two as you're catching um, with your right arm 
yeah, as you're catching with your right arm. Your catch in general, for most people watching this, they probably want to have a catch like you, generally speaking. But um, if we're going to pick nits, you can tell that there's a bend in your catch. And I think it happens on both arms where your forearm and your hand is not like perpendicular and it's getting a little bit of a bow and a little bit of, I guess, if you're watching like a little bit of this action, Jesse, does that sound about accurate where you're getting like that motion, just the touch with C right there. You're talking about my, this wrist not being straight. Yeah. That wrist isn't straight. And more importantly, that's a real good sign that you can see you're like, your elbows pulling back first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So that's, we're seeing both of those things combined. Um, and generally speaking, you want that forearm like below the elbow. Um, so if your hand's going to be that low in the water, when you are catching, then your elbow should probably be up a little higher. And so that's a pretty good sign. You're not able to use your lat as much as you'd want to be able to be using it. I think if I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this video and I'm going to give you two things to take away and work on for the next month, I would say it would be bring your, your pull underneath your body, just a little bit more under you, right? Yes. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Um, bring the, bring the pull under you a bit. And I think that's going to correct the, the issues that you just talked about there, Elliot. And then the second thing would be is although your balance and your timing looks fantastic, your hips are just a tiny bit low in the water. And so I would say two things I'd say, let's bring your pull right underneath your body, just a little bit more like less deep as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. 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 Exactly. With your cursor. I and, think we, and I remember we actually had a conversation about that, Jesse, that you were actually feeling that yourself as an experienced swimmer. So seeing it here in this video, I agree with you that that feeling that you are having as the athlete, I think you're onto something there. And I think you would get a little more out of that. And then the other thing is just, you know, like I say, timing and balance looks really good, but your hips look a little low in the water. And I, I think it might, it's, it's hard to tell from these videos. If you saw this side angle, I think you'd see my head is a little bit high and facing forward a little bit too much. I think that's driving my hips down a little bit. And we want your chin a little closer in and, yeah. and the water line a little higher up. Sorry. I wasn't talking into the mic. Yeah. Um, I'm looking, I'm like looking, I look around too much. I like to know what's going on. So I'm not looking down as, as much as I need to towards the bottom <laughs> of the pool. And I think that would help keep my hips naturally a little bit higher. Um, and, and, it, but I, I mean, think, in yeah. terms of like uh, the way I, the way I coach, uh, if, you know, if you think you want to give two cue words to help correct yourself over the next few weeks, just think pull under my body hips up. Right. And do, and do that for the next three weeks and then see if it corrects all of those other things. Because if you start thinking about your head and looking around and changing all that, because as an open water swimmer, you need to be able to look around and, and not lose your hip position, right? And not lose your pull underneath you. So if you start thinking about those 50 million things, that's not going to translate into racing well or translate for when it gets hot under pressure, right? So if you just think pull underneath me, hips high or hips up, I think all of those little things that you're talking about are, are going to correct themselves. Yeah. I think it's, it's good to frame it in like the positive, like that, like you said. And I think I also find that if you're working with an athlete in person, you can roll through a few cues that mean the same thing and figure out which one they respond to the best. And so if you're an athlete and you've like, you know, reviewed some video with the coach, you're like, okay, my, my arm is a little too deep. I'm not, you can't pull very well when your arms that far away from your body. Then you can think about a few different like phrases and you can swim and try a different phrase each time and look at the video yourself and say, okay, I've identified this, like say with a coach and I know I need to get this hand a little closer to my body. Like what, what set of cue words work for me? And I think it's, it's good to, to think about that. There could be more than one, uh, out there and then finding one that actually adjusts your stroke. Because I've found when I had, had the opportunity to work on deck, people respond differently to different cues, even though in my head, they might actually mean the same thing. Yep. Um, I also have a little waggle on my entry, like boop. Wait, where's my hand going? I don't even know. Yeah, little, you you do you do for sure. Like a little. Um. Yeah, if you just play it, it'll it'll show. Show. Yeah, up. I think even right here, you can see like, you can see a lot of my face. Mm -hmm. and I know I know the camera is kind of close at this point, but I don't think you should be able to see that much of my face. Um. And that's one thing where I think because we've seen you got we've seen you swim for real in real life, we know. Uh, like you can't see your legs at all and you're a faster swimmer. So generally there's nobody swimming at your speed with some sort of weird kick or a weird scissors kick or an off balance kick. 
Um, but if you're just watching this, you know, and you're, you're not, uh, racing professionally, you might have something funky going on with your kick. So just because we're, we're, we're talking about your head position and what we're saying is probably pretty darn accurate just based off this video. But if we haven't seen you in person, I feel like a little uncomfortable not being able to like make those adjustments just from that shot. Right. So that's where those other views really come in. And then you get another view in and you're like, oh, they're, they don't have some sort of weird, um, like scissors kick or strange hesitation that you can't see in this head on shot. And then that kind of like, lets, you know, and you flip, you toggle back and forth between the videos and you're like, yep, that makes sense. Um, it really is the head position and it just makes you feel more comfortable giving someone a, a form cue when you've seen that other perspective. And of course we've seen you swim in person. So it makes it us a lot more confident in giving you that advice. And just out of curiosity, um, do you guys have any like drills you'd use for anything like this? Or would you just do like some focused swimming where I'm just thinking about one of those things at a time? And um, yeah. I think for someone as advanced as you, and, and we mentioned this before the getting your arm underneath you, you know, a typical drill isn't going to be that effective for you because that's just you, being aware of it. You've swam your whole life and you're, and you know that, however, like the conversations we've had off, off recording is I really do seeing this, think that that bucket work would work for you because even that waggle that you're talking about, or if you're, you know, if you're a little bit too wide and your pull isn't directly underneath you, you're, that's going to be highlighted so much under that kind of load. So like your typical drill, I don't think you're going to feel the correction that much, just awareness and, and continuing to video and the correction itself. But I think if it's going to be like drilled home of what that sensation is going to feel like to, to get rid of that, um, you know, sort of lull out the front and be on top of your catch right at the front and get that pull right underneath you, it's just going to, you know, that doing that exercise. And I'm glad to see this video that our instincts and our conversations line up with one another. Right. So the conversations we've had based on what you're feeling in the water and then watching this video together, all of those things that we talked about actually line up really well. It's not like, oh, that's that's actually not what's going on at all. So that's that's really cool to see that the hips up part. Um, you know, I think that's just going to become a, an awareness. Possibly you could do, you know, some sculling with with no you know, no boy, anything like that. And just some slow, your slow yourself down at the start of every swim, maybe your cool downs and your warm ups, where you just do a little bit of sculling with no, with no toys whatsoever. And being able to, your legs are not moving at all. They're just floating directly behind you and, um, and, and feeling your hips high in the high in the water, even when you breathe. Yeah. Sculling are just straight balance without even swimming, just like holding a streamline and trying to find your balance point. Um, for you in particular, maybe it would help to swim with a snorkel and not have to worry about breathing and rotating and just play around with your head position from that way. Um, I'm actually curious, do you generally have better lat engagement with your left arm or is it pretty equal left lat? Um, well, I'm, I'm kind of a off. I only breathe to one side usually. So I think because of that, it kind of changes my, my engagement, um, you're left-handed so as well. Right. But I think I actually correct. Yeah. So I think I pull better with my left. I'm um, not surprised, but so the reason I say that is just even from this clip to me, it seems like you slink through, right. Your, your, your elbow slinks back and you don't get a great lat engagement on the right side. Um, and so one thing that I've had people do just like a physical therapist will do is like poolside pull-ups where since this is YouTube video and you can see me, you'd get your arm up on the edge of the pool and then you kind of go down and then you pull yourself up and you're just working on putting the pressure right here and then evenly from fingertips all the way to your elbow. And if you're doing that, your lat should fire and you shouldn't have a lot of pressure on anywhere in your deltoid, particularly your anterior deltoid. And so then you feel that lap fire. And then when you go to try to make any of the suggestions that Marilyn was saying, you're just a little more aware of like, if I do the suggestions, Marilyn was saying your lat will be working more. Um, and so it's more just like, Oh, I did it. Um, and sometimes it's a nice way to do it when you're just swimming on your own, just to say, Oh, I actually felt my lap fire. Um, yeah. anyways, yeah. that one's not foolproof because every pool deck is different. 
Um, but I, it's something I do worth a try. I like that as a good gauge, though, to help people see where their arms should be underwater. Like if I tried to get out of the pool with my arm this far away from my body, I would not be able to get out of the pool. I am not strong enough to do that. So kind of finding that place of like, oh, if I, you know, like my fingertips are near my midline and the pool deck is really close to my chest, that's how I can actually get out of the water because that's where my lats can engage. I, that's a, it's a good little kind of game I play with people sometimes. Yeah, and that's exactly what Marilyn's saying, right? With like yeah. trying to get your your hand lower underneath your body. So I think we're all on the same page on that. Yeah, let's um, move on I, to somebody prettier. We've got That's four good. options. Yeah. All right, here we go. Well, thank you guys for that. Um, you did a bad job swimming, Jesse. Do better next time. I will do better next time. Here we go. Here's somebody prettier than I am. Can you guys still see this? Okay. I can we see you. We see you. You see me? Mm-hmm. Well, Edit this out later. Uh, you don't see that? I can hear it. You can't see it now? It says back to media and we just see the photo of you. Can you close the GoPro quick from yourself? Oh. Something. Oh, I see. Uh, Marilyn, does yours look really weird right now? Okay. <laughs> All right. Team, I was like, I, I think my computer broke. <laughs> You're good. I realized. <coughs> All right. There we go. There we go. We're back in good. business, team back this up a little bit so i brought i wanted to do this one next because maybe put it a, full screen or something i can't so we don't have to well hopefully that still work i love again. muddy waters but um the reason i picked this video next is that it's a very different view so just to kind of show people like oh you can see a, maybe a lot of different things with a slightly different view uh just to kind of compare i did not realize my my quality of shot was so poor but the number of pixels that is so do you want to just let it go at full speed going oh it is oh gotcha can you jesse just i'm curious from your end is this a normal a normal video um or is it kind of pixelated it's a little pixelated okay that's okay though. I but mean, as athletes, yeah. like if you're sending your coaches videos, yeah. remember that we don't expect you to have uh, a professional camera. Most times people are doing this from their phones. They don't need to be perfect. It's just, you know, if we get, if we get a good, like those good shots that we say, where it's you swimming away, you swimming towards, and then some from the side, from the right and left should be able to, to get, you know, pretty much at least one or two things to work on out of that. Yeah, so the the big things, this was filmed this morning, actually. And you can see Erica in the background. Um, and this is not, a, I guess we should talk, like, it's always good to know the effort someone's swimming. So when you're getting film, um, you also want to tell people the effort you're swimming. So that's another thing I left out early on in this podcast is like, what effort are you swimming? And then giving an honest assessment of this. So I actually filmed this specifically at a point where they'd done the warm up they'd uh, done a handful of efforts. And then I would equate this to like something like Ironman effort, which is essentially like about what you can swim good form for an hour. So it's like, it's depending on your definition, it's pretty aerobic. It's very, it's very sustainable. Um, and so anyways, just for you guys background. So what are the first things you're noticing from this side view? Just you go. I talked a lot on the last one, so I want to see what I want to hear what you're seeing. Jesse swam uh, a lot on the last one. <laughs> so here's a question I have with athletes that kind of look like this in the water. And this is actually, yeah, a little more of a question that I see people like this, where they have kind of this pretty yep. significant bend in their lower back. Oh yeah. Um, and like that kind of changes the, the hip angle there. And so like in mm -hmm. this video, it looks like his hips are really high. But I would almost want, I would almost wonder if that's maybe not the best thing because it's from not having a his very hips are 
not high. It, when he gets more and more tired, they sink, 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 sink. All right. Well, so, so in, wait, this, in this video, his, yep. like his speed is above the water, right? Correct. But it's, so like it's a is, false flag. I Well, okay. Uh, that, that's what I'm trying to say, right? Um, mm-hmm. Is that, you know, his, his head is above the water, his hips are above the water, his heels are above the water. Those three points are good. But this, this back bend, it would make me think that he's not really, his core is not engaged. And so he's kind of like flexing like that. And that's going to really make it hard to get really good muscular engagement during the stroke. Um, and what's one of the biggest things in an endurance event, no amount of strength is going to make up for that, like that drag. Right. So you're like, oh, we have these high points, but then if you have all these low points, the actual like frontal surface area in the water is super high. So the amount of drag that he's going through is just absurd. And then as the set goes on and on and on, and you can see it right there as he was pushing off, you see that real big bow. Um, it's just, it's too much to overcome no matter how strong they are. Um, and so, yeah, that, uh, that core engagement is there's actually, we're not going to show the video, but this is kind of like before. So that's one thing that, that he's working on right now is that core engagement. And then when you see that you're right, it's an optical illusion. Like the core is engaged. His hips actually look lower in the water. They actually are lower in the water. Um, but there's less surface area exposed to the water. And that's what we're looking for. Um, a hundred percent. And, uh, from this side view, that's the most obvious thing to me. Um, if you, if you back it up and go, the two things that I feel like this athlete could benefit from the most, or the two things that I see is actually really feel like this is a great example of an athlete that does lose their balance in the water. And he's losing his balance when he's not finishing his stroke. So I would say to this athlete, you're going to focus on that thigh brush and really finishing your stroke strong because when he leaves, when he doesn't finish the stroke at the end, he overcompensates by lifting the front of his body up in particular, quite a bit with his head when he breathes and he loses his balance. And I think that's the illusion that you guys are getting with the hip situation and the lower back actually think it roots in the finish part of his stroke. And when he doesn't finish, he loses his balance. So those two things are happening for this athlete. And I think if he can focus on really learning to finish a stroke and hold his balance, when he finishes his stroke, it's going to correct those other things. So I always try and look at the root of the problem and what are the symptoms it's causing. And so if you have to watch as a coach, the video, like 10 times in slow-mo and say, okay, which one of these are symptoms of the root of the problem. And to me, watching this athlete, watching him go back and forth, I'm thinking, I think all of those things visually are true. However, I think they originate in when he doesn't finish his stroke, if you watch him in full time, you can see every time he is short on the finish, he really lifts his upper body up to compensate for it. You can even see it in his rhythm. It's a boom, 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 right? And every time he does that, he's he's not moving forward much more, but he's creating a lot of that resistance that you guys are talking about. So I would say to this athlete, let's focus on your finish. And, and then we're going to, once we've got that, see if that smooths out his balance a little bit for him. That's, yep. that's just what I see. I don't know if you guys see the same thing, but if I was working with this athlete, that would be the main thing I would, I would, that's where I'd start. And this is where the, the extra video, um, the extra viewpoints help. So obviously I get to see him in person. Um, and you're right. That balance is there. And one thing you can't really see, but if you talk to, so when you're talking to an athlete, that's the other thing. It's a great thing to watch the video with your athlete and you're both watching the same video and you can say, let's go to second 10, let's play it. And then you say, you see that stroke you see right there. And then you can point out and then you can get the feedback from the athlete. So if you're listening to this, like this is how you want to walk through these videos with your coach, um, and make that useful. And so since we're getting to do this in person, I get to see all those viewpoints live. Um, and what you probably can't tell from the video is his lack of upper body mobility is significant. And when he's reaching out in front, he's tight. So his hips are shifting due to lack of mobility. And there's like this really lot of tightness in the thoracic region. Um, 
So he's working on mobility a ton and you're not wrong about anything you're saying there, but it's harder to tell that he's actually often reaching too far. And I think probably what you're saying is his stroke is from really far out in front and then it doesn't finish where it should. And it all needs to be shifted down, right? Like his stroke length is the right length, but it's two inches too far at the top and two inches too low at the bottom, or maybe it's an inch. Um, but that's a big shift in like where the stroke rate, uh, where it is. And then when you couple that with, uh, an engaged core, it can really change a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, I think we're on the same core, page. I think that engaged core could naturally bring that stroke a little closer in, right? Cause you won't be able to like go so loosey goosey with this to get this hand out so far in front. Um, yeah. But I think but this is a good point of illustrating, like, how do I use my video with my coach? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And like, okay, this is what I, and then like, okay, you're seeing this. Okay. Well, this is what this feels like. And don't be afraid to say like, you know, like maybe you do feel a stretch and hopefully they're asking questions like that. Are you comfortable with where your hand entry is? Um, do you get really fatigued at the end of their stroke? Right. Like to Marilyn's point, like, is he getting fatigued at the end of the stroke or is he just lazy or is he just unaware of it? And those are two really different things. And yeah, I think whether whichever end you start at, like, I don't think there's a wrong place to start, right? Talking about what Marilyn said, starting at the back of the stroke, talking about starting with core engagement, like either one of those could be the right place for this athlete. That's just kind of like the say, okay, well, this is what we're seeing, which approach is going to work for you. Let's try one, see how it goes. Maybe we try another. Um, one, one more thing I wanted to mention about this guy and maybe we'll have time for one more. I know we're kind of going slow here is in looking at his stroke. I mean, again, it looks like, I kind of want this elbow and this wrist. This looks kind of like me on this side right here. A hundred percent. You're right. But when I watch his arm go through the water from this side, it, it looks like from right about, uh, let me back up a little from, from right about when he gets here or uh, I messed up when he gets like about here out in front to uh -huh. all the way through his arm is staying the same speed. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that really seeing it look a little bit slower until the arm is directly underneath the shoulder and then seeing it actually speed up a little bit um, is what I kind of want to see with like a, a velocity of the arm swing. Um, and he's, yeah, he looks like he's kind of staying in that, in that same thing, which makes me feel like he's kind of rushing the catch and then, and then not pushing hard enough underneath his body. Um, and I might not like, I, I know this athlete and I, I know he's a good swimmer. So, so I might not be quite so nitpicky if I, if it was someone else, but given that he can swim fast, that might be something he can think about to generate power at the right time. Yep. I think you'd agree. And, and, um, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with his left arm that we can't see from this viewpoint. So for the 1 millionth time, yet another reason to get another view. Awesome. And to Marilyn's point earlier, um, I hadn't seen him swim in a couple months and I saw him and we, I was harping on something we didn't even talk about here. And he walked away and was like, huh? Oh, I guess I'm swimming terribly. Cause I had just totally forgotten. I was like, oh, you fixed like five things from this summer. And I was just like on to the next thing. And I was like, Oh yeah. You look way better than this summer. Like you fixed a bunch of problems. Everything we were working on is better. Um, he's swimming faster speeds. Obviously that's the more important thing. He's swimming faster speeds with less effort. Um, so, you know, unless you're just a super, super good swimmer, there's always going to be something with your stroke to work on. So that is something important. Like when you're talking to an athlete, make sure you do make notice of what is looking good or what is improved. And then maybe ask them how they uh, how they made that improvement and what they're conscious of, because then when you're actually writing the workouts, you want to make sure you write the workouts in a way that allows them to, to kind of use their own personal style to make those, those, um, physical changes. So kind of keep that one in mind because you want that feedback of what did I do well in my swim stroke? Um, and, and then you use it for the next, the next issue as you're kind of working through the checklist. We still see the same one on the screen, Jesse, if you're trying to switch it over. 
All right, awesome. So on to the next one. Um, some of this is in slow motion, so just keep that in mind as we hit play. Hit play. As we hit play. It's really, th sorry, my computer's got a, it's a little bit slow. It's got to think for a while while we're going here. <laughs> we operate at the same speed, so usually it works out. <laughs> the other thing to also remember when you're looking at these videos is, um, you know, if there's something that doesn't look perfect technically, but you know that it works for the athlete, then just go ahead and leave that alone. Um, you know, just, just let that be because I have seen some really, really fast swimmers who, when you video them and you look at them, you think, man, <laughs> that looks awful. However, the like four things that they do really well correctly, they're, they're like making front pack at world championship swims. So you don't always want to change every little thing that doesn't look exactly right. You know, if you know the athlete well, and you know, it's working for them, pick wisely, like which things that you think will actually benefit them and make them faster and which things you just need to leave alone. Yeah. Alrighty. We got some video. Finally. <laughs> You guys want me to jump ahead here? Yeah. Just those, those bubbles look great. I mean, they're great <laughs> bubbles. It's, it does yeah, show you bubble. that he, he might be, uh, you know, kicking a bit aggressively. <laughs> Do you have any idea what speed this athlete's swimming or effort, I should say? Yeah, I'd, I'd call it like steady, like maybe Ironman, maybe a smidge faster. Is this uh, a 25 meter? Yeah. It's just good to know at what point in the workout an athlete is, if they're really tired, like, like you were saying, Elliot, but not only, you know, is it at the, the beginning of a workout and maybe grab some video after if it's at the end of a 4k set that might look differently than just after the warm up fresh. So maybe it's a good idea to grab video fresh and tired. I think it'd be great if you could sneak video too, because if, if someone knows yeah. they're being videoed, <laughs> yeah. you know, they know how to look pretty, right? Yeah. All right, so right away, we've got the elbow on both sides, not catching like it could be a bit further out. Um, that right hand definitely is a little funky, but until I saw more, I wouldn't want to comment on any much to Marilyn's point, right? Um, kind of hard to say but you can see the same thing with that right arm is really similar to what Jesse does. Yeah. It looks like that hand is like, oh, sorry, pretty low before he actually initiates that. Both, connection. both are pretty low and he's definitely like elbows leading. Um, the wrist is not below the elbow. And then I couldn't see enough to see anything as far to, as to, to breathing or head rotation. It's kind of hard to see from there um yeah, Marilyn, think, any thoughts on that yeah i would uh, go keep going back i'm just sort of watching i take a long time to watch watch these pretty slowly i've watched them <laughs> when my athletes send me videos i watch them for like over and over again for like a day before i even reply to their email so <laughs> um i would be very interested to see this, the, this athlete's view from above, because I think what's happening, you can see what's happening see that on kick. the entry is happening probably overhand, like what in their setup over the top. Yeah. Right? And I think that would be the place. If you, if I was going to say this person, I'd say, okay, we've got that view. We've got the view of underwater and clearly we've got some issues going on with the pull pattern underwater and, and especially in the initiation of the catch with the right hand. And it's probably being something in the setup. Oh, good. So we've got both and then maybe, so go back. Just, I guess we'll see another stroke here. Hang on. Uh, yeah. Just what I thought. So see the massive crossover on the top. That's what I, yeah. that's what I was yeah. just 
that's what I was suspecting by what was happening underwater. So most often when you see an athlete that has the issues that we saw there underwater, which was not true to Jesse, because Jesse actually has really good entry over the top, but it, it was, it's common when you see what we're seeing underwater there with this athlete is that it's set up on the actual entry on the initiation, the entry. So as they're setting it up over the top, that they're coming way over the center line and that's, what's creating that, you know, swoop to the outside. And we saw all those issues with the actual pull. So I would direct this athlete. We would, we would start working on that setup over the top and where their entry point is. And that's, that's where I would draw their attention initially. And that's, this is, this is kind of what you're talking about right here, right? Where his hand. Yep. Yep. So if you back it up and they, and you see them swim, yep. um, it's, it, um, and that's pulling everything out of line as well because the hips right. and the shoulder, the hips and the shoulders aren't lined up. And then you see this like big wider kick and the kick is probably not even that bad. It's just getting pulled. When if you, if wide. you when we, when we saw him underwater, you could see, Oh, the right hand, it was like, Oh, there's all these issues, but the left yep. a little bit, but not, not as bad. Again, you watch him over the top right hand way crossing over the center line, but left hand, not as bad, right? The entry goes straight out in front and he gets right on top of the catch right away. The right one comes way over. And, and when an athlete crosses over like that, the initiation of the catch, that's when that all starts to go wrong as soon as it hits the water. But the setup for that is where it actually needs to be corrected, right? It's in the setup over the top versus by the time it hits the water, it's too late. Right. Right. Yep. So does that make sense? Am I saying that in a way that it yeah, makes yeah, sense? Yeah. So you can see 100% he makes his hip hips waggle kind of back and forth because of that crossover up front. Right. Where, and, yeah. Know, I'm, this is, and this is to, to all our points earlier is like, I just saw five different things that need work, but Marilyn like just said, this is the one that is causing the most problems. And if you make this change, this is going to make all of the other things that need to change, not nearly as bad. And that's kind of like when you're going through these videos or you're watching somebody swim, you don't want to say, here's 10 things you want to, you want to figure out what are the two or three worst things, especially with a beginner swimmer where you're like, well, almost nothing's right <laughs> now. Um, and, and so you're like, what, what are some things? that are really bad and how can we change them? And then maybe you try to see which one can they actually change somewhat easily. So this person doesn't have that many things the matter with them. I can tell they're, you know, a relatively decent swimmer. Um, but if you're looking at yourself and you're a beginner swimmer and you've got like this guy's worst problem is your best part of your stroke, you've got to find out what are those really bad things and then just say, okay, well, here are the two worst things, which one's easier for me to fix. And then you go working on the thing that's easiest to fix. And so Work. with this, oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, I was just going to run over you and uh, start talking. Sorry. Um, another way to think about it is like, what's going to give you the most bang for your buck, right? Yep. Like, you know, there's 10 things to fix, but what's, what's the one thing that's going to have the biggest impact? And probably this crossover in this case is going to eliminate a lot of things down the chain. If you can, um, if you can pause it, Jesse, when it's real obvious, uh, an obvious view for people to see what that looks like. Um, sorry to interrupt you there, but I think it's, right, you know, yeah. because we've got the visual here, uh, back up just, that was a really good one because when you, um, you can see what happens to the catch when that set up, you had to go further back. You want to, you want to see on the other arm? Yeah. Left arm. I mean, it's the, the right left arm. arm needs work, but the right arm needs work. So another, uh, another way to for coaches yeah. to think about this again, when you're really looking at athletes, think about which ones are the symptoms and where is the root cause? So we see all these things that are spider webbing with this athlete, and we could give them 20 things to think about, which would be completely unproductive as far as coaching goes. But if you say, what is the symptom that is, or what is the root cause that's causing all of these symptoms, give them that one thing to focus on. I think that's how you're going to make corrections over time. So yeah, like that foot waggle, you're not going to fix that. If you don't fix the front end, it's not even worth, you would never bring that up. And that's just an example. Right. Yeah. Got to find the root of the problem. Yep. 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 So that's, that gives athletes a, a way to think about their own swim stroke, but I also like to help 
coaches understand when they get these types of videos, maybe a, a way to approach them for their athletes. So it's most effective, right? So that they, they feel like, okay, I've sent this swim video and I don't walk away with my head scrambled. I walk away with a real world direction and focus on what I'm going to do here to make a correction. And then we're going to do that for three weeks or a month. And then we're going to revisit this. See that, Bingo. that was a good example. Boom. When that happens, right. Then the chain reaction happens. So I would say this athletes, let's do a lot of drills, really big, um, over the top hand entry drills with the, the 11 o'clock and one o'clock, but really, really big over the top entry stuff and snorkel work, you know, things like that are going to help an athlete like this. Uh, they're going to get more awareness of what's happening on their entry. So 11 yeah. o'clock, one o'clock type. I like to think about railroad tracks, like railroad tracks coming from the shoulders. That's where you have to enter. Yep. Yeah. So, Eric has a drill called two track. Same idea. Right. You is it a rap your... song or a drill? What do we got going on here? <laughs> That's two chains. Oh, sorry. It's, it's chains. Good stuff. I, awesome. I, I like these three videos that we chose today because they all showed very different things for people to learn from these athletes and, and maybe think about their own stroke and correction and what they might be looking for. So this, these are three really great videos for people to learn from. I, I will say on that note that the, one of the worst things I see people doing is looking at videos like this and saying, oh, well, I'm going to change that in my stroke. And that might not be wrong with your stroke, right? So definitely you don't want to just look at the person next to you in the pool or look at these videos and say, oh, I'm going to change these things because that's what I saw. It's like, you've got to look at a video of yourself, ideally with someone else, and then say, okay, now these are what the things I need to work on based on that, not just what you see someone else doing. Yeah. And, and that's where like, uh, you know, when you're first learning to swim, if you're literally first learning to swim, just doing a gamut of random drills is, is useful because you're just like learning what water's all about. But once you like can get up and down the, the pool, then it's exactly what Marilyn said. Like you need to have a reason to be doing a drill and you need to like know what it looks like, um, when it's correct. And you need to know what you, you look like, and then you can actually visualize and try to make that, that change. So everything you watched in these three people, you just saw who cares what their mistakes are. It's more, it's the process of how you figure out what a mistake is and then how you tackle what is your specific thing you need to fix. Why is it the most important thing you should be fixing at this point? And then what is the, the process to um, make those changes? And the last thing that I'll add that has always been really helpful for me with any kind of technical changes is once you've watched yourself and you have this set plan, okay, these are the two things that I'm going to work on. I know what I look like. The next thing I would recommend is as coaches or athletes is find a video of a really, really good swimmer that does exactly perhaps what you're struggling with very well and watch that over and over again. So you, it's good to see what you look like and where your mistakes are, but then, and, and you know what your drills are and what the things are that you're going to correct, but then get a very good visual of what it looks like when it's corrected or when it's done well, and watch that video over and over and over again, as you feel yourself doing it. And I think that's going to help that translate into the water where you, you know, where you said like you're, you, the feel for everything is just a little bit less in the water and we have to hyper exaggerate it to even make one small correction. But if you visually watched what it looks like to do it very well, that's going to help engage mind into all of these things that we're talking about. So that's the last step that I like to do for athletes is, Hey, here's a visual. And I have like a couple photos that are still shots, or you find as a coach, a video of someone who is demonstrating how to do what that athlete is struggling with perfectly say, okay, you know what you look like now. I want you to watch that once. And I want you to watch this one that's done correctly 10 times. And then you're going to go to the pool and do it. And on top of that, I agree hundred percent with everything Marilyn said. If you can find a video of someone who has somewhat similar body proportions to yourself, that is even better. Um, because like, if you know who Sun Yang is, well, he's a doper, but also has a really beautiful swim stroke. Um, but he's also six, seven and has like a seven foot wingspan. And I am not that. Um, so yeah, my, my stroke is probably never going to look like that in the water. Is that it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just not going to right. So 
Um, and that's one thing to keep in mind is, you know, there are good swimmers out there who don't have like crazy body proportions and maybe you do have crazy body proportions. And if they do, if, if, if they match up with a good swimmer, then that's great. You're going to have more examples, but like there's people at your local pool who have similar body proportions to you, who are pretty darn good, who are doing pretty darn good swim strokes. You know, if you look through like the college ranks, it's not just people with crazy swim physiques, right? It's every walk of life. You know, there's short people with short arms who are killing it at freestyle. Um, even if you look in the, the Olympics and triathlon, there's a lot of like short guys who don't have super long arms who are the best swimmers and are capable of, of making the Olympics and swimming for some smaller countries. So anyways, watch, watch triathletes too, because open water swimming for triathletes is going to be different than a pool swimmer, especially if you're five foot two, five foot three female right? A hundred percent. And there, and there's a lot of great swim videos. I, I mean, the internet's a wonderful thing now. And we, we get the opportunity to, to have access to that where maybe years ago we didn't. So, you know, make sure that you're not only finding swim videos of swimmers, but make it specific to your sport, find good videos of people in your sport, which is open water swimming, triathlon swimming. Yep. A hundred percent. But everything you said earlier, Marilyn still applies, right? You're looking for what that that person's doing in their stroke. How is that different from how you do your stroke? And then you have a great example of how you can do that. And then you go back and you look at what you are doing. You look at what you want to be doing. And then you, you have that goal. You have that goal poster, whatever you want to call it. Finish line. Awesome. All right. Thank you guys. Um, and if, if you guys like this format, please let us know. If you are watching the YouTube video, maybe give it a like so that we, we see people actually are watching this. If you're listening to this podcast and you were like, this was really rough to listen to because I couldn't see, let us know that as well. So we kind of gathered that feedback as we're kind of trying something new as we move forward. So yeah, let us, let us know your thoughts on either the podcast or the YouTube video. And yeah, so we can move forward in an appropriate fashion. Thank you guys yeah. for spending an hour with us. Podcast number 60, but. YouTube number one. So <laughs> we're, here we go. We're, thanks guys. Thanks it was guys. Fun. That was fun. Bye. All right. Bye.